Good morning. I want you to know that I have never preached over what I'm preaching over today. Not ever. And so I want to start with something different. Uh, we're going to read some scripture, and um, I would like for you just to kind of set the mood in your own spirit with me, and uh, maybe you close your eyes, maybe for some of you, I know it's helpful to just turn your hands up, uh, and I call this the receiving posture. I think that the Lord has something to speak to us today, and just just receive this, but uh, this is a psalm of David. Maybe you want to put yourself in his shoes. He had a very, very hard life in many ways, and um, and, and this is this is what he says. I want you, I want you to hear it today, but not just hear it. I want you to to receive it. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will speak to us today and allow us to receive what you would have for us. God, we pray that you will speak into our hearts, prepare us, God, just for for your presence and and to be ministers during the season and for all the things that you want, we want to be pleasing to you. And so we just give you this moment in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 18, just receive this. maybe, Maybe close your eyes, whatever. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock where I seek refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress and I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the mountains trembled. They shook because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils, and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He bent the heavens and came down, total darkness beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, dark storm clouds his canopy around him. From the radiance of his presence, his clouds swept onward with hell in blazing coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot his arrows and he scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and routed them. The depths of the sea became visible, and foundations of the world were exposed at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast from the breath of your nostrils. He reached down from on high, and he took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Is this not what you want? What happened? What happened that David sat down and wrote, he bent heaven down 
And there was just clouds and darkness. And he rained down thunder and arrows. And you're like, I know these people. God, do it. <laughs> this is what I'm asking for. This is, this is all I've really ever wanted for Christmas. It's the destruction of my enemies. What was he going through? And how great was his deliverance that he's like, you know what God did for me? I mean, he bent heaven down. And he rained down on them. Stuff just started bursting in flames because of the wrath. God was so mad that they had done me wrong. And we, we, we need that. God, I've been done wrong. I've got these people. Let's do it, God. Me and you, we'll strap up. We'll go wreck shop, God. This is how we want God to act to our enemies. I will tell you that if you've ever read the book of Revelation, it will not go well for our enemies. But not because we're praying destruction on them. Because we do serve a God who has a wrath. And if you set yourself against Him, it's not going to go well. But the question remains, what, what do I want God to do for me? Because I feel encompassed. I feel stressed. I feel stressed. Anybody, anybody, anybody in here ever felt some stress before? Okay. By show of hands, all of you are either telling the truth or liars. I hope that stresses you out. <laughs> Lying to the preacher. Man, how did, Ga how, how, did, how, did, how did David get this kind of treatment? This is some VIP from God treatment. But listen to verse 18. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me. Because he delighted in me. Hmm. Now, hang right there. Go back to 19 for me on the computer, please. All the scripture will be on the screen, by the way. If you're ha if you, nobody expected you to walk in here a Bible scholar, okay? In fact, if you don't have a Bible, which we completely understand, there's not a person in here who hadn't had a minute when they were like, it's been so long since I've been in my Bible, I don't even know where it is, if I have one. It's in the trunk of a car that I sold on Craigslist. We have them. They're in the foyer. We would love for you to take one. It's not a burden. It's a joy for us to give that to you. Okay? Nobody expected you to walk in here knowing everything. That's why we're here. That's why we need each other. Okay? Nobody expects you to have it together either. If you do, there's a microphone right up here. <laughs> Come take it and replace me. But listen to verse 19. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. This is, this is, this is really what I want. Because, that, you know, that, man, David, people were literally hunting David. Hunting him. Like you would, like you would hunt pigs with dogs. He's being pursued. He runs for his life. And 
he, he, he says that it was closing in around him. What was closing in? I'm not sure in Psalm 18. If you know the story of David, there's plenty of things that it could have been. He had plenty of things to be closing in on him. And I know that every one of us have something that it feels like you can't escape, like it's closing in on you. There's nothing that I can do to get around this, to get away from this. I just feel encompassed. You know what this reminds me of? Young people, this is not going to mean much to you. But if you're my age or older, J.D., would you, would you hand me this? I brought this to you. This is, this is going to be a great symbol of stress for anybody who's my age or older. Because you know that if I were to ask you to come on stage and get in this beanbag, what would, what would the problem be? Yeah, it's right, it's right. Everybody who's 10 is like, there's no problem. Everybody who's, you know, 40 or north are like, after I get in a beanbag, you know where you'll see me next? Heaven, because I'm going to die right there. Like, and the problem, man, the problem is we, we get in here with a microphone, and when I, when I get in, it comes in around me, and that, that's all well and good until you get to, get to leaving, and then I put my elbow in, and now it's all around my elbow, and I can't get in. In fact, in fact, I may need help up here, and so... You know what I'm saying? And this is kind of what it, it feels like. Like, I'm going to say, golly, this is a horrible analogy. <laughs> I should have gotten a volunteer. Like, as long as it's behind my back, I'm okay, but now I don't know what to do. So, I feel like taco meat right now. We may just, I may just finish right here. As I, as I try to get up, anytime I try to move, anytime I try for support, it just, it just comes in around me. It just, and like I have, I have stress and I have these problems and it just, you know what I'm saying? And this is, that, is that not your week right now? Is that not your week? God, I don't I hadn't been reading your emails. I just know that you're human. I gotta get out of this. I pulled something. I'm certain of it. And this is. Like, this is, our, this is my enemy. This is what it feels like to have stress. And David said, like, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. They just keep flooding around me. I push myself off of one thing, and just another one comes on me. And I can't, I can't breathe. My brother, I had a twin bed, and there was a wall, and there was a bed, and there was a wall. And he would throw me in the crack between it and throw pillows on me and jump down on me and lay on me. And so anytime you push anything, and so I would push the bed out. And, and finally, we would fight until I get out. But there's something everywhere, every time I try to turn, every time I try to move. And you have that. There's somebody that you work with, somebody that you love, somebody that you're raising. <laughs> it's just like there, there, there's, a, there's a problem. Or maybe I have an, a, an addiction. Or maybe, maybe it just it, it, part of my personality. I don't know. I can't seem... Get up, just, just, man, I just need space. Do you feel that? Because this is what David says. Remember in 19, he said, uh, he said, he brought me out into a spacious place. Isn't that what you want? Because, because this is, this is your fantasy. I know it's, it's, it's because it's mine too. I just, you know, I heard that there's wide open spaces in Wyoming and I just want to be in a field where nobody can find me for two months. 
What do we want? Because nobody can get to me. I just want out of this beanbag. I just want out of this stress. Let me ask you, would it be helpful? <laughs> you can go. You can go to that open space in Wyoming, and eventually you're going to have to have a job again. <laughs> or you're going to get real hungry. You're going to have to get real good at hunting. I bet that was stressful, by the way, back in the day. Like, listen, if I don't get a kill today, we all starve to death. You're, you're not going to escape stress. You're not going to escape people. You're not going to escape conflict. You will not escape opposing personalities. You will never... I I need you to hear this. I know this is depressing. You will never run to a spacious place. That's the thing about pressure is it closes in on you no matter where you go. That's like saying I'm drowning in this pool. I'm going to go sit in the bottom of another pool. You will never find a place where there are no problems. You will never make everyone happy. You're like, forget that. I just want to make myself happy. I would just like to like myself for a minute. That doesn't exist in another pool. That doesn't exist in a new set of problems. Do you feel me? There are some things in life that you're just not going to run from. You can, but it will find you wherever you are. You can be on the ocean floor, and the pressure of that water is going to be in every single place there. Now, that's worse in some spots. <laughs> a, little, a little more pressure in some spots than others. But you will not escape it. But David had God put him in a spacious place. Church, you can achieve that. Okay? Church, you can achieve that. But make no mistake, it will be from no effort of your own. But it completely depends on you. I know, I know. You can't trust a preacher. Let me keep going. Maybe this will make sense. Verse 20. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness because he repaid me according to the cleanness of my hands. See, everybody wants to be in a spacious place. But it's hard to keep my hands clean. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not turned from my God to wickedness. Well, that puts me out. (laughs) Right? Indeed, I let his ordinances guide me and have not disregarded his statutes. I was blameless toward him and kept myself from iniquity. The Lord repaid me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. God saw David's effort to live for him, and so he took care of his enemies and brought him to a spacious place. David did not take himself to a spacious place. David kept himself faithful to God, and God gave him space where he was. Why? By removing him? No, by removing the pressure. See, because the opposite of space is pressure, confinement, the closing in, 
or possibly, what do we call it when you get too much pressure? Stress. The opposite of a spacious place is stress. And so God didn't take David out of his stress. He took the stress out of David. Why? Because David's hands were clean and he tried to live righteously to the Lord. And God blessed him for it. Man, you got, you got conflict. You got problems. I know. I'm not pretending I know what your problems are. You can't pretend to know what mine are. But I have a God who knows. And if I will serve him, he will help me with those problems when I do it his way. Do you understand that God has a way that he wants us to do things? And so we all want to live a blessed life. Blessed is in fruitful, abundance. I want to produce fruit. I want to be prolific in this. I want to have peace in this. I want to be allowed to grow. But there's so much pressure, I'm not allowed to grow. We want growth. We want blessing. But blessing comes from obedience. So everybody wants blessing and nobody wants obedience. Put yourself in the shoes of the pastor for a minute. Everybody wants you to come pray over them to win before a game. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, uh, put yourself in God's shoes for a minute. That's kind of a scary thing to try to do, but like, well, I got, I got kids on both teams. You know? It's like, listen, we haven't done a thing for the Lord this week. But we're asking Him to let us win this game. I'm using a silly example. But we want the blessing, and I'm not saying that God won't bless, bless you, bless your team. I'm saying that, imagine this. God, I'm going to do nothing for you, but I want you to bless me. Somebody comes up, can I borrow money? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> nothing good for you. <laughs> But I'm going to come daily and ask for it. God wants you to live a blessable life. Now, this is not even what I'm preaching about yet. But if this is what it takes, I have to ask myself, do I want God's help? I've got to be obedient. I've, I've, I've got to be obedient. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, oh, you're not perfect, so you're going to hell. If you walk away saying that, dude, you weren't listening to me at all. We're not talking about hell right now. I'm talking about I want God to take me to a place of space. Help me with my stress. Okay, then be obedient. No, 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 I've got to work on the stress. No, you have to work on the obedience. He will work on the stress. You've already tried. You've been stuck in a beanbag for a year and a half. Okay? Go ahead, flail your legs a few more times. He's got to pull you out. Now, in Romans chapter 12, I'm going to parallel these. In Romans chapter 12, uh, I, I, I hope that you know that, the, the, I, and, and maybe write down, if you're taking notes, write down Ephesians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 5. These are also what I call Christian living passages. There are things that God wants us to do. And, and he says, I want you to live like this. I want you to do these things for me. And so these are, as a Christian, things that God asks us to do. Now, now 
follow with me. I'm going to do, going to kind of break this up into two halves. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Man, just right there, that's, that's enough to live on, right? Man, cling to what is good. How much better would my life be if I did that? I'm telling you, you're going to want to write this down. And, and, and go back and do this. These are the peaceful teachings of Jesus that changed the world. Ten, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the heed, uh, I'm sorry, take the lead in honoring one another. Oh my gosh, how much different would my relationships be if I took the lead in honoring someone instead of expecting them to do it? Verse 11, do not lack diligence and zeal. Be, be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Wow, I aspire to this. Isn't this the life to live right here? This sounds peaceful. 13, share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Listen, I was up with you all the way to verse 13, Jesus. I was sharing these scriptures with a guy one time, and he looked at me and he goes, Jesus must not ever had anybody owe him money. Well, they did murder him. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who reap. 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay. Uh, let's, let's, let's stop at 16. Let's stop at 16. Let's stop at 16. This is a, that's a good way to live. I want to be friends with this person. And, and, and if it stops there, okay, okay, I can do that. But I have a warning, things are about to get harder. So, before we get into the hard stuff, let's talk about bad, uh, let, let, let's, let's, well, let's talk about me first, Okay. I'm impatient. I'm impatient to the point that I annoy myself. I will ask my kids to get me a tool, and if they walk too slow, I will run past them and stank on them the whole way and get the tool myself because they're being too stinking slow. Every day of my life, I take my family somewhere, and I pull over, I put the car in park, and I turn the car off, and I get out, and I shut the door, and I walk into where I'm going. Why is that so hard? Why, what is my family doing in the car? They won't get out. Just, just open the door and get out and walk. What are you doing? And I literally, I am in a parking lot of stores in front of the car going, what are we doing right now? Get, get, get open, get out, walk. What do you have to do? Where, were we in there like practicing the preamble? I, I, for 17 years I've been married. I still have no idea what my wife is doing in the car. We have, we have, she has a cell phone, just call me when you get in the store, I'm going, I can't, why? I will go lap a store two times and then catch up with her later, waste all that time just so I don't have to wait the 37 seconds it takes her to get out of the car doing, doing, Lord help me, I don't know what. And then she has three protégés. And me and my son are just in the parking lot looking at each other like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do right now. I am impatient to, I annoy myself with impatience. 
Now, I had to start with me because I'm going to roast the county for a minute. So, we, my wife and I, we, we, we moved uh, for a long time. Uh, you know, I lived here when I was young, and then we moved, and then we came back to this much less populated county, and there's a few things that we've noticed <laughs> since we've been here, okay? And this is, this is just shares. It's shared with everyone. There's a few places that are worse about some things than others. All of them have it. This first one, maybe I'm going to call Gorman. I'm not going to roast carbon. Still too soon. <laughs> but have you driven through Gorman lately? Man, I mean, it just, it, it looks like a neat little community, but they just, there's one flaw. Like when you drive through, people just stop what they're doing and they give you that children of the corn stare. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it looks like a neat little place to live, but man, what is that stare all about? Every time I drive through, I'm like... I, I'm in somebody's private driveway. I don't know what we're doing right now. And everybody does that. When you travel, there are places people don't just drop their rake and stare at you as you drive down their street. I don't know what it is in our county uh, <laughs> that has led that to be like a, a thing to do. But we do it. There are other places, <coughs> Cisco, that... Listen, if you go into our jail, two-thirds of the population of that jail is from where? Cisco. Those cops ain't playing around. But you know what? I don't care how good those cops are. Somebody's calling you in. You know what I'm saying? Cisco, I, man, I love you guys, but y'all need to mind your own business a little bit. I swear you drive through those streets and there's just mini blinds are cracked and they're like calling the cops. Jessica's over again. It's, there, it's the crack cocaine. Y'all need to get over right now. I'm telling you, you can't get away with nothing over there. And that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Man, Eastland. Listen, and I'm telling you because I'm impatient. Y'all know I'm impatient. Eastland. We share roads, Eastland taxpayers pay those. And so I know, I know that you're ultra conservative and a lot of stuff is nobody's business, but whether or not you're going to turn is everyone's business. Use your blinker, Eastland. I had to get that off my chest. Oh, I mean, everywhere else you go, people are like, you know what? I'd like to let everyone know I'm going to hang a left right now so that they don't run into me. Eastland's just like, it's none of your business where I'm going. Man, I, and I love you. I got, a, I got a lot of friends in Eastland, but I just, don't, I just don't know a lot of people who know that just right on the left side, the back of your steering wheel, it's an odd place to put it, but there's this thing that will indicate your turn, and that's for your protection. Ranger. No, Seriously. When we, when we decided to move here, I had a pastor tell me, well, I had a lot of pastors tell me, don't do it. And not because it was range, because it's a small town. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I had one pastor in particular, a very successful man in a lot of ways, and uh, really, really have a lot of love and admiration. And he said, don't do it. 
And then I did it. And I went to him, and I was like, hey, I know you said don't do it, but man, I have all this confirmation from God. And he said, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to discourage you so that you would know it was from the Lord if you went. And he said, if, if you go, here's what you have going for you. And this is not just Ranger, this is any small town. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being silly. You're an outsider, and that will be the best thing because nobody from inside could plant a church. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, because in a small town, everyone gets so involved with one another that hatred comes too quickly. So you would be disqualified no matter who you are because you are somebody or you know somebody that will, that will completely separate you from everyone else. And I have to ask, what does it take for you to hate someone? Well, I don't hate anyone. Okay, okay, well, we can play with terms and definitions. <laughs> but what does it take for somebody to get on your do not contact, do not answer, do not touch, do not approach list? It's probably not much. And so I'm being coy, I'm being silly. I really have gotten the stink eye in Gorman driving down the street, but it's not often. The Eastland thing, that really does happen all the time. <laughs> but I'm just being silly. I think, I think with any, with any uh, small community, this is going to be a problem, and, and God is calling us to something bigger. He's calling us to a better way to live. Listen to what he says. I'm, I'm going to continue what we were reading out of Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Well, that's an easy scripture to mani- manipulate. Well, it's not possible. But that's not what it says. Not if it's possible. If possible, as far as it depends on you. This is not counting for other people's behaviors. This is counting for ours. Friends, this is rough. This is in my top five hardest things that Jesus asked us to do. Verse 19, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Do not avenge yourselves. When you go for vengeance, do you know what you are exercising? Hatred. Keep pushing on that beanbag, and it will keep swallowing you. Keep fighting the quicksand, and it will keep sucking you under So I begin to hate. What I hate is the pressure. But I move from pool to pool, and I lay at the bottom, and then before you know it, I'm out of pools. I hate all of them. And it was always the pressure. Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. See, David said that God came to his aid because his hands were clean. What does he mean, my hands are clean? He's not talking about so he can prepare food. He's talking about my hands are clean of blood. Do you understand that Saul pursued him to murder him twice? Twice, David had Saul's life in his own hands, but he wouldn't 
murder Saul, who was literally there to murder David, came to him once while he was sleeping and once while he was using the bathroom. Once, while Saul was sleeping, stuck his spear by his head, ran up on a mountain and said, do you see the spear by your head? I could have taken your life, but I didn't. The other, Saul went to relieve himself in a cave, and David snuck up behind him, that's some dedication, and cut the corner of his robe off, and when Saul walked out, he held it up and said, I had your life in my hands and I wouldn't take it. That's what he means. I had vengeance in my hands, but vengeance belongs to God, not to me. And David refused to hate Saul. This is weird. I don't know how to take this one. There's a man came, that came up at the end of Saul's life and bragged about killing Saul, and David had him murdered. Kind of seems like a double standard to me, but he had him murdered. He would not allow hatred to creep into his heart. And he continued to want the best for Saul. Isn't that wild? If we continue to want the best for people, if we continue to pray for people, listen, don't, don't manipulate this. Our problem with terms is that we're letting the world define terms. So we let the world tell us what hatred is. We let the world tell us what being nice is. We let the world tell us what being kind is. And you think, dude, you think nice is like handing out money to people and never getting into conflict and... Who said that was nice? Man, read the New Testament. The disciples weren't starting a comedy club. They weren't never getting in anybody's grill. But they were saving their souls, risking death. All of them died for others. That's pretty nice. Don't let the world define what nice is, define what kindness is let let jesus do that but i'm telling you uh when i say we have to be kind we have to love we can't want vengeance from one another we got to pray for somebody that doesn't mean that you're going to walk around pretending that nothing has ever happened nobody said that don't let this creep into your mind well preacher i can't take your word for it because you don't know what happened that's not what i'm talking about you're letting the world define that i'm saying that when you exercise Hatred, you are fighting quicksand, and it is just going to take you farther and farther and farther. Y'all know those little Chinese finger traps? I tried to find one all, all morning long. I just thought of this last night. You know those fi- Chinese finger traps? You put them on your finger, and then you pull. when you pull, what happens? The harder you pull, the more stuck your fingers are. And this is what our hatred is. And so we have stress, and we don't know what to do, so we begin to fight People, when the pressure is something entirely different. Can it come from a person? Absolutely. Are there people who are, let's use this buzzword, are there people who are toxic for you? Sure, absolutely. But if it is possible, as long as it is, as much as it depends on you, live at peace. And so the harder I pull, the more I seek for vengeance, the more I allow hatred into my heart, the more stress you will have. And so I fight, I fight, I fight, I fight, and then there's nobody to fight because there's nobody. I'm not saying that you can go 
be married to anyone because as long as you're just kind. No, I'm not saying that. Man, there are people that your personality is going to clash with. You're going to get along. That's not the same as hating them. Man, there are other ministers that I'm like, I really don't enjoy hanging around that person. I love their ministry. I'm going to pay for them. I might even support them. Probably not going to go to Thursday morning coffee together. Tons of women in this world that I love and respect, and, and I'm so glad I'm not married to them. And you're like, well, right back at you. I know! I know! It's not the same thing. When we allow hatred, when we long for vengeance, we're normally taking it out on the wrong person. Jesus told us our, your, your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against, uh, against demons, against principalities. There's, there, there's something else involved, but we project hatred onto a human, and it will take you down. It will make you stuck. It'll be the worst beanbag you ever try to get out of. Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. Romans 12, 20 for me. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Now that's nice. That's kindness. Didn't say you took him to the comedy club. Said feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will, be, you, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. When my wife and I had our first daughter, and uh, I throw myself into there. I didn't do much. <laughs> but when we had our first daughter, that's a weird way to say it, isn't it? We're pregnant. Seemed to be a lot worse on her than me. But anyways, when we were pregnant... Uh, we were going to a doctor, and uh, there was a lady who was running the front desk at this doctor's office. And um, it, it was not a cordial. Like, there was no... It was a drag to go, man. I mean, she made it a drag to go. It was like we had completely inconvenienced the world to be there. And it just got to the point where we were like, man, this is just so rude. I can't take this anymore. So... Uh, the doctor came in to, to talk to my wife. He didn't check on me often, but checked on her. And uh, he, he came to talk to us, and we said, hey, man, we got, we got to tell you, like, we kind of hate coming here. And he said, is it because, and called her name at the front, and we were like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. And he told us a story. He said, yeah, she has, she has poor, poor people skills. But I had a lady come in one time from the nursing home and uh, just treated her one time, and, and that was all. It's been a year ago, maybe six months, I don't know, been a significant amount of time. And uh, he said, never saw the lady again. I got called uh, to, to go visit someone in the nursing home, and I went in super early. It was kind of an emergency thing. He was like there at 545. And when I went in, he saw his receptionist hand-feeding this woman. And he said, what is she doing here? And they said, she's been here every morning for six months. Hand-feeding this lady that she met once. And I shut up. Is it completely changed? Because this woman that I was complaining about, I was not worthy (laughs) 
to even say hello to. She was exercising godliness. Her hands were clean. It wasn't my Western civilization version of nice that she should have been, but she was showing the love of Jesus. So we started hanging out with this lady every day. No, still wasn't super pleasant to go chat with her. <laughs> but now I loved her. See? She didn't change. I changed. When I let hatred, piety, and jealousy creep into my heart, then I am not allowing God to deal with the situation. That's me dealing with the situation. Do you understand? When I'm obedient to God and I begin to pray for those who persecute me and I begin to feed those and, and give drink to those who persecute me, <laughs> now God takes over when I'm obedient. Listen, listen, listen to the end of this. I, I, I want to do 20 and 21 again. Sorry, back there on the computer. Romans 12, 20 and 21. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. 21. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. And this is what the church is doing. We are not being conquered by evil. We're conquering evil with good. And so, your ability to feed, to give drink to, to pray for the people who persecute you and hate you will win. Why? Because God will win. And there are some who will never like you, and you will still pray for them anyways, and you not only should, you have to. Why? Because if you don't, in the end, you will lose. So I pray for those who persecute me, yes, for their good, but also for my own. Because if I allow hatred to come into my heart, if I allow myself a full dance list of enemies, then who will I lead to Jesus? Stop trying to relieve your own stress <laughs> and be obedient to Jesus and He will relieve that stress. He will give you space. Hatred will make us close in on ourselves. Worship team, I want you to come up. I, I, I'm not really talking about forgiveness today. That's a conversation for later. We are talking about harboring evil thoughts to one another. 
not necessarily one another as in people who are sitting by you today, but those in your community that you are called to be a priest to, that you are called to be a minister to, that you are called to be an ambassador for. If we allow ourselves to harbor hatred to one another, if we allow ourselves to see people as the enemy and not Satan as the enemy, then we will begin to hate God's children, our own brothers and sisters. Try to have a takeaway from every message. And I don't really know how to do a one-liner on this. But I think if you could take anything away, it's just the Scripture. Do not conquer do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Do you notice that you don't see a third option in there? I mean, God leaves us a choice of being conquered by evil or conquering evil with good. <laughs> and we have, we have an option, C, D, E, F, G. I mean, we can keep going. But God doesn't seem to give those options. And he re- reiterates this later in, in other passages, especially I'm thinking of Revelation chapter 2 right now. But he reiterates this later. We are either conquering evil with good or we are being conquered. And I think maybe your takeaway is to stop being conquered. And I have no right to ask you to do that because you have had people do you wrong. Again, not, take, not, not necessarily talking about forgiveness. I know that's a process. You're going to be working on that. But I'm just talking about hatred, man. We are running out of people to hate in our community because it becomes a web. Well, I associate with this person and they hate that person, so I can't like this person because they like this person. And so since we've all divided up teams, and you're going to leave teams until there's not a team to be on anymore. Church, Team Jesus. That's your team. And you know who his enemy is? Well, he's already conquered sin and death, <laughs> right? And we got Satan working for those. Everybody else is his child. I didn't say everybody else is saved. I said everybody else is his child. So that's not our enemy. So maybe the takeaway is don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for not seeing us as an enemy, even though, God, I know that I have I've cheated on you so many times. God, and I'm just speaking for everybody here. Lord, you forgive us, and then we do something again, and, you just, and then you died for us, and we still don't receive it sometimes, God, and, 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 and go back to our old ways, and you pull us out of a pit, and then we just jump back in, God, and Lord, help us to see people the way that you see us. God, and I pray, Lord, I know there, there are those in here who are just upset even listening to this because they have been dealt such a bad hand. People have been so horrible to them, God. And I, I pray that you will, you will help them, Lord. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take supernatural help to not harbor 
hatred. But God, I pray that we will be a people that live in community, not counting one another's sins against them, just as you said in 2 Corinthians that you don't do against us, but spurring one another on to love and good deeds, Father. God, help us to be a church that doesn't have a list of people that we can't share you with because of hatred. And God, I pray, Lord, I pray, just like, man, oh gosh, when, when this, this psalm that we read today, Father, what you did for David, Lord, we need a place to be able to breathe, to be able to get away from stress. And God, I pray that you will make that for us. Help us to stop taking that into our own hands, but just accept the space that you give us. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Uh, the worship team is going to do a song. And uh, as they do, this is a great time for uh, um, man, just reflection on all of these things. So we invite you to do that. We want to pray with you when service is over. Uh, if if you, you're like, you know what, I don't know anybody yet. I need to, maybe I would, not, not now. Give me a phone call this week. Write that on your connection card. Uh, we would love to pray for you this week. We'll give you a phone call, whatever it is, but drop that in the basket. It's also an appropriate place uh, for tithe and offering, but please stand and worship with us. Thank you.